which God works through the story of Jesus' birth. So far, we've considered the unexpected hope that, and love that we have in Jesus. We have hope knowing that Christ came, he would come again, he is actively at work in the waiting. And we have love because Jesus Christ is love incarnate. He came to earth out of the depth of his love for us, and nothing is impossible with God. Next week, we're looking at the peace that Christ brings, but today is all about, what's it about? Joy. It is all about joy, and I am excited. I got this joy, 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 joy down in my heart, you could say. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. You guys know this song? Joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. I have an everlasting joy within me. And I'm not going to contain it this morning. I'm going to be speaking straight from the heart. So can you handle that today? Ooh, there's a little hesitancy. It's like, I don't know, Kevin. You're asking a lot. <laughs> That's all right. I guess uh, we're going for it one way or not. Or, or not. So it's <laughs> all over the place. So it's not Christmas yet. We know this. But in church, we, we have to talk about what happens at Christmas because our joy is found in what happens at Christmas. So we're going to skip to just after the arrival of Jesus to focus in on joy. But first, what is joy? I would say joy is unbrindled happiness. Happiness without any restraint. It's that happiness that bubbles up inside of you and it forces your lips into a smile and you just can't help but feel it. So to look at this unexpected joy we have, we're going to turn together to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. It's on page 725 in your pew Bibles. It will be on the screen as well. Luke 8, 2, 8 through 21. Let us read God's word together. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for, that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and she pondered them 
in her own heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The greatest event in history had just occurred. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior of the world, the Messiah, has been born. This is the moment, years and years and years of waiting. The Jewish people had anticipated this so eagerly, just as eagerly as we await Jesus' second coming. They probably even talked about how this event would be announced how this kind of birth announcement would come to them. So the Messiah finally arrives, and how does he choose to spread the word? Well, we're dealing with God here, so of course it comes in a way that is different than perhaps our expectations. The announcement doesn't first come to all the kings of the land, and then the kings tell everybody that the Lord has come. Or it wasn't like a loud announcement from like a space PA system or something that the Christ is born. It didn't come like that. The announcement came to humble shepherds. And while this likely came in a way that was unexpected to those at that time, we know it is not outside of God's character at all. For Jesus, the Messiah, is the good shepherd. This news of his arrival came to his people. You guys remember David, King David? There's a lot in the Old Testament written about him or by him. David, who is Jesus's ancestor, he was first called to serve God when he himself was a shepherd. And being a shepherd was a very lowly position. It was the youngest brother of eight kind of job. That's what David was. When God sent Samuel to find Jesse, that's David's dad, for one of his sons was going to become king. It was going to be out of his line. Eventually Jesus would come. Jesse did not even call David back from tending to the sheep. He didn't even consider him as a mere possibility to be the one God would choose to use. And yet, we know that's how God works. You see, the good news about Jesus Christ is that he comes to all, including the plain, including the ordinary, including the high and lowly. He comes to anyone with a heart humble enough to accept him. Just like we talked about last week, you don't need to have extraordinary qualifications. What qualifies you isn't who you are, but whose you are. Who he is And who did he come for? For everyone. So we see the angels appear to the shepherds. And they're terrified. A lot of times in the Bible, we've talked about this each week, because each time an angel appears, they were afraid. But they weren't just afraid, they were terrified. Think about this. It's the middle of the night. They're tending sheep. We're not sure why they were tending them at night necessarily, but we also think these sheep may have been the ones they were preparing for the Passover feast later when they sacrificed the lamb. Anyway, it's the middle of the night. They are watching sheep. The only association I have with nighttime and sheep is you try and count sheep to fall asleep. Does that actually work? I think it could have worked for them. If you're out in the fields and you are watching sheep, it's dull, 
the night is long, it is boring, you're sleepy, you're fighting off sleep, and then something crazy happens, like an angel appears to you, and you're terrified. Probably thought like you were going to die. But look at the range of emotion that these shepherds experience. The angel says, fear not, do not be afraid. Typical response of an angel showing up to afraid people. And then, behold, that's a Bible word for what I'm about to say is really, really good and you do not want to miss it. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You go from being terrified to receiving news of great joy. That is the full spectrum right there. Zero to a hundred. Death to life. And then the angel drops the news. Today, in the town of David, we know him, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And then, as if the, as if the deep, deep, incredible joy of the heavens cannot be contained, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appears with the angels all praising God. This news, it is too good to ignore. You can't be silent. The shepherds, they've been waiting for this. The angels, they've been waiting for this. The source of joy has arrived. So the shepherds, what do they do? They go right away, it says. Forget the sheep. <laughs> this is more important. And if you think about it, the sheep, that was their livelihood. That was the most prized possession they had. And they left right away. They hurried off. They found their source of joy. And then what do they do? But they spread the word. They find that source of joy and share that joy with others showing how all who receive the gospel, the good news of great joy that is Jesus, in their own way become shepherds or pastors to others, to be joy bringers and hope pointers, encouragers and lifters. They shared their joy. And what happened? But all who heard it were amazed. Joy spreads. It grows. Are these shepherds common? No, sir. Because there is nothing common or ordinary about the message of good news of great joy that we all have. So the shepherds return, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Because what is the appropriate response to a deep, heartfelt joy? It's simply to rejoice. To rejoice, it's the verb of joy. It means to joy, <laughs> to be joyful, to give an expression of joy, an outpouring of joy. We have joy and we are going to express it. When? Always. Just like the reading earlier today, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Because the source of our joy, it's not found in things of this earth or our current situation 
or the good or the bad moments. The good news of great joy that is found in a baby born in a manger. The source of our joy, it's Jesus Christ. Can you find joy outside of Christ and his gifts? Well, perhaps you can. But it's probably temporary. It's a counterfeit joy. For instance, um, we had McDonald's this week. I'm proud of that. There's a lot of McDonald's shaming that goes on out there in this world. Okay? Billions and billions have been served. I'm just saying, I don't stand for that McDonald's shaming. I am Kevin. I am proud to say that I like McDonald's. Can you find joy at McDonald's? Oh, you know you can. In fact, get this. Meg's cup said this. Sip for joy. Anyone who's gotten Coke at McDonald's knows that's the best Coke you can find. I don't know why. It just tastes better when it's from McDonald's. Sip for joy. You can find joy at McDonald's. You sip for joy. You eat for joy. But what happens when the Coke is gone and you finish your meal, that joy starts to fade. You start to question your life decisions. Joy turns into shame and regret. I asked Meg, hey, can I share that we ate McDonald's this week? She goes, yeah, just don't mention that I ha that was my cup. Because the shame of McDonald's is strong, right? <laughs> so you can find joy in this world even at McDonald's, but it fades. But true joy, see, is found in Jesus. He is the source of our joy, and it's an everlasting living stream. It never runs dry. Once you got it, you got it, and it's supersized. <laughs> McDonald's took away our supersizes. Jesus never will. And joy it is contagious. Have you ever been around someone who's just like super happy all the time and they just annoy you? <laughs> Was I ever that person for you? <laughs> Here's the thing. If you got this joy and it's just where you live, oh, it's our goal to wear you down. Kind of like a kid. This happened this week a couple times. Uh, Sweet Miles, four years old. He was really sad about something, and it's hard. You know, it's hard for him to get out of that sentence. And he has this little pouty face on. And you know how, as parents, or when you're dealing with a kid, you're trying to break through it, and you're like, so you're joking or saying fun little things, or you're trying, and then you see it that moment of weakness, where it's like a little, that little smirk, right? <laughs> they start to smile, but then they try and go back to their stern face. But in that moment, you know you got him. Because joy doesn't fade. It just gets buried by other things. It does not go away. And Jesus is the source of our joy. And it can spread like a chain reaction because it's contagious. If you have it, then you want others to have it. You want to talk about why this joy found in Christ on Christmas is so unexpected? 
Because the joy we experience in Christ Jesus is far greater than we could ever imagine. You know it's going to be good, and it blows your expectations way out of the water. It's unexpected because the depth of joy found in Christ, it transcends all else, all earthly experiences. What is the best thing that has ever happened on earth? The fact that Jesus came to save us. Without Jesus, we were dead in our sin. Dead. But because of Jesus, what do we have? We have life. Good life. Everlasting life. Life free from sin. Free of sorrow. Free of pain. And it will last forever and ever and ever. Not only that, we don't just experience that new life once we die and we go to heaven. No, while we still walk on this earth, we have a new life. We are a new creation, and while we live in this world and we fight with sin and we experience sadness and we face tragedy and the depth of our pain, because you know what? Because of what Jesus has done, we have an everlasting hope, an everlasting love, an everlasting joy that transcends those experiences. That joy, once it's in your heart, it does not fade. It can become harder to see it, but it is always there. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this joy? We will approach Jesus with that same joy that the shepherds do. We will act out of a joy-filled heart. Because the news we have to share is too good to put a blanket over it. It's too good to sanitize it. It is too good to water it down. It is too good to not share our joy with others. Joy spreads. It's contagious. It's why online, have you seen those videos, for instance, when a veteran comes home from being deployed and is reunited with his family? Sometimes it's at like a game or in a school or something or just at home, and the person the family hasn't seen for months and years, someone they were always afraid of, maybe would never come home, and they turn that corner, and the family sees that person, and what do you see but pure, unbridled joy in that moment? That's why those videos are shared every single day on Facebook. It's the same reason why in movies, when we see stories of reconciliation, say there's a broken relationship between like a father and son, and years and years go by, and somehow they reconcile, and they hug it out, and it's always that tear-filled smile of what but pure joy. And it is contagious. And you see it, you can't help but smile yourselves. Because joy fuels us forward to remind us that through the ups and downs in life, that this life is worth living, that our God is good, and what we do ought not be a burden but a joy. So why 
can we have this joy? Because that same God that created us, the same God that we turned our backs on, that same God, he came into this world to save us out of the depth of his love for us. How much does he love us? Infinitely. So much so that he delights in us. He has joy in us. That does not seem right. But look, Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And then Isaiah 62, 5, it talks about a God who rejoices over us with the same joy, just as a groom rejoices over his bride. That's why we have this joy. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. That's why he came. One of the most common questions I get in my life is, why are you so happy all the time? And it's usually said with an accusatory tone, like, how dare you be so happy all the time? Why are you so happy all the time? It's not drugs, I promise you that. I've been accused of that. <laughs> it's like, there's got to be something. Or what's in your water bottle? I promise you it's water. You can test it. Why am I so happy all the time? I am so overwhelmingly grateful for what God has done in my life. That he rescued me from death. That he gave me a purpose and meaning and belonging when I couldn't find it anywhere else in this world. That he gave me his power to overcome in the face of struggles with sin. And that he gave me his forgiveness when I fall short. He has made me a new man. He guides me, he encourages me, convicts me, inspires me. The same God who created a hundred billion sons and holds it all together somehow cares for me. He loves me, and he delights in me. And he loves you. He delights in you. He cares for you. And so I am so joyful. I am so joyful. Yeah, I have bad days. Yes, I get sad. I get frustrated. I get overwhelmed. I get angry. There are days it is hard to see hope. But deep down, underneath all of that, is an everlasting and persisting joy that comes from the Lord. Because his joy has become my joy. And his joy is also your joy. And his joy does not recede joy to the world, the Lord has come. He came, he died, he is risen, and Christ will come again. That is the good news, that we can have this joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength, not us. And he delights in us, his creation. 
And just like the shepherds, just like the shepherds, he made us to be joy bearers and joy spreaders. To be shepherds to others. Because in the darkness of the world, what is needed but hope, love, joy, peace. And where do all those come from but Jesus Christ? Allow yourselves to feel and find that joy today. To find it, don't compare your life to others because that's a joy zapper. It's like one of those mosquito things. <laughs> don't compare yourselves to others, but simply consider where you are right now. How God has shown up in the small and unexpected ways in your own life. They may not seem big in isolation, but as you start to notice, you'll find that even in the darkness day, darkest days, that spark of joy is still there. The good news of great joy is that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was born for you. So as we consider this joy, I'd like to invite you to close your eyes. Go ahead and close your eyes, every one of us. In the quiet of your heart, ask God to fill you once again with his everlasting joy. Spend these moments, just you and your Savior. For some, maybe it has been some time since you have done this. Others, maybe sitting in this intimacy with God might feel a little uncomfortable. My encouragement is, embrace it. Because the Lord delights in you and time spent with you. Your Lord and Savior, he came for you out of his love for you. To fill you with this joy. The same God that conquered the grave delights in you. So share with him your pain, your struggles. Hand them over to him piece by piece. Because he cares for you. Him who created you. The one who saves you. He knows exactly what you are going through right now. And he will take those burdens from you. This is the good news of great joy. That Christ has come. And he came for you. Consider all he's done for you. That he loves you. Forgives you. He rejoices over you with gladness. Consider that joy. We give you thanks. We give you thanks for your joy, for the joyful news that you have been born, that you are the Savior of the world. And Lord, when we turn our hearts to you and give our lives to you, that joy will never fade. So when life is trying to beat us down and prevent us from seeing that gift of joy that we always have, 
We pray you give us eyes to see it, to be reminded of this joy that we have. And we know we have it because our joy is found in you and you are everlasting. Where our hearts have grown hard, Lord, we pray you break it away with a chisel and get it out of there, God. And Father, we know that joy is contagious, so may we share this gift of joy with others, with those you have placed right in our lives, with our family and our friends, our coworkers, even those at the coffee shop, or anyone we encounter. The season of waiting, the season of Christmas, where we are forced to wait when our entire world says speed up. We do take a pause, God, to thank you for these incredible gifts that we have. Make our joy complete in you. We thank you. We love you. You are such a good, good God. So we will proclaim with the shepherds. We will proclaim the good news with the angels, and we will sing, and we will rejoice. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.